stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick. And this week, I'm joined by Zach's Director of Research, Shiraz Mian, for an update on what's happening with the first quarter earnings season. So we're still kind of in the beginning stages, but the week I'm recording this, the week of April 25th, is one of the biggest weeks for the S&P 500. So Shiraz, what are the trends so far? And bigger question, is energy really going to be the blockbuster everybody thinks this quarter? Those are my oh, questions. Absolutely. Energy, uh, energy is a huge factor. And after a long time, uh, we are seeing energy uh, uh, becoming big enough that it's moving the needle uh, in oh. the aggregate for the index. Uh, back in the day, uh-huh. energy used to have that kind of sway. Uh, oh. But if it had fallen on hard times, then it's, that's coming back. So uh, to the Q1 earnings season, Tracy, uh, it's better than what most of us feared uh, would be. In this worst case scenario, many of us thought that perhaps uh, companies will use these headlines about supply chain issues and inflation and wage pressures, and everybody will take a big bath and, and use this opportunity uh, to become a little tentative about the outlook and things like that. And we are seeing a number of these companies do that. Like even this morning, 3M and GE apparently are discussing that, but we are not seeing yeah. that across the board. And many companies, uh, including ones that you would expect would be at the receiving end for higher expenses, the Coca-Colas of the world, the Procter & Gamble's of the world, are not saying that. And not only that, but they are actually saying good stuff about the outlook, uh, about their margins and their ability to raise prices. So all in all, Given the headwinds and given the fears, uh, the earnings picture uh, is, uh, is 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 fairly good. Yeah, I feel the same way, having listened to just a few of the conference calls so far. But I have been surprised at the consumer-oriented companies, and they keep saying that the consumer remains strong, that they're still having pricing power, as you mentioned, with Procter & Gamble and Coke and some of these companies, they're still able to push through price increases and the consumers so far accepting of those. So that's kind of the biggest surprise to me because there's all those doom and gloomers out there who think we're in a recession like right now, like we're in it, but we're not. We're absolutely not. And in fact, This was one of the things, you you raise a very good point. This was one of the things that I've been really looking for. Some early signs on these calls where one could interpret the comment, the management comment, even if it's not quant and data centric, that one could see that down the road in Q2, Q3, perhaps, second half, uh, management sees trouble ahead. And yeah. Uh, and, and there's no sign of that. In fact, the P&G uh, management were saying on the call that uh, there was a direct question about this, that, uh, that typically they would see consumers trade down to store branded products uh, ahead of periods when they are anxious about the outlook, 
and they are uh, they are in the process of conserving cash, uh, and they are saying we are actually gaining share uh, uh-huh. in a whole uh, in a whole uh, bunch of categories uh, with higher prices, and uh, there's just simply no sign of uh, what you rightly refer to as their doom and gloom. So it's it's reasonable to be a little bit. Uh, concerned about the outlook and to be watchful of the outlook, given how aggressive the Fed is planning to do things and all. Uh, But there's clearly no sign of a a downturn or even a a, a significant slowdown in consumer spending, uh, at least in these reports at this stage. Okay, so where does that leave us on the earnings outlook so far with the data? with those companies that have reported. So if they're not coming out and, you know, lowering guidance in big numbers, like we thought they might've been, have the analysts been too conservative on their full year, uh, you know, earnings estimates on these companies? Are are the analysts having to, you know, correct course, raise their estimates? What's going on out there with that? So it's, it's a mixed bag. In, in fact, uh, the analysts as well as management teams uh, appear to be struggling uh, come to grips with what's happening on the inflation front. The one, uh, the one uh, good metric from which one could interpret that, what I just explained, that these guys, uh, the analysts as well as managements, don't really have a very clear view of what's going on is with the beats percentages. So typically, Companies beat with wide margins. Uh, most of the companies would beat consensus estimates. Uh, that's been the Wall Street game for a long time, and that continues. Uh, for for Q1, we have uh, most of the companies beat estimates. So, 80% are beating EPS estimates. 71.9% are beating revenue estimates. And as good as those numbers are, uh, they are the lowest uh, during COVID-19. So, in fact. Uh, this is the second lowest reading for these beats percentages since the second quarter of 2020. And you would remember the second quarter of 2020 when we were in pitch dark uh, yeah. in terms of visibility. So yeah. this tells me that managements and analysts are neither aggressive nor conservative. They're all trying to come to grips with it, but there is a lot of strength on the top line. So revenues are strong, and that's letting these companies absorb part of the uh, the inflationary pressures, and, and then the other part they are able to uh, to offset through price increases. But even then, margins are under pressure. That was my next question: whether or not those, uh, you know, near record margin levels are going to hold. No, margins are under pressure. In fact, oh. if if there is one area that I see. Uh, uh, on the negative side, uh, with respect to the earnings outlook, it's the outlook for margins. Uh, when we extrapolate from current consensus estimates for earnings and revenues and aggregate that to the index level bottom up, uh, the expectation is that margins uh, on a year over year basis uh, remain under pressure uh, in Q2 as well. But then from the second half, they start improving. I'm not sure that sinks in with the ground reality that we are hearing 
uh, from a lot of these companies. I think uh, many of these expenses uh, are here to stay. The supply chain issues uh, that we thought should have been uh, uh, healing and getting better uh, are more endemic. We hear about all these problems in China and lockdowns and what have you. The Ukraine situation is still problematic. So I think uh, expectations for margins uh, will be will be the area that will be driving this uh, this this earnings outlook for the second half and next year, and it will be to the downside, not in a huge way because the top line outlook is still so strong, but it will be a, a net negative. Yeah, the supply chain issue is an interesting one this quarter. I feel because we've been hearing from the companies just the last couple quarters, as you mentioned you know, that, oh, there'll be improvement. It was always like six months away. There, yes. There'll be improvement in the in the second half of 2021. And then, oh, no, right. the first half of 2022. But now on the calls, if they're even getting a question about the supply chain anymore, the companies I've been listening to have basically said, the supply chain is still terrible. We don't expect any improvement. If we got some, it would actually help. Uh, you know, our numbers a lot, but we're not getting it. And and we don't expect it to, you know, they don't even mention when anymore. They're just like, eh, this is the new reality is that it's in chaos. And but they've been managing it for all these quarters already. So they're just going to keep managing it. That's right. Yeah, it's 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 the big it's the big unknown that these uh, uh, these companies had to deal with as a result of COVID. Uh, now that they have been dealing with uh, with with the problem for for more than two years, uh, most of them are used to it. We at the receiving end are also used to it, both as analysts as well as consumers. Uh, but you are right. Uh, when uh, when we all consume the news and headlines coming out of China, that partly answers uh, whatever questions we may have uh, in terms of the timelines for when supply chains will heal. And yeah. it doesn't look like the China situation is uh, is, is heading towards uh, uh, settling down or improving anytime soon. Oh, right. Okay, let's talk about a few industries, but let's start with financials because a lot of the banks have already reported. And I know the financials also include, you know, insurance companies and the credit card companies and various other people. But we've heard from a lot of the banks and, you know, a lot of us had high hopes for the banks here in 2022 because they've they've really not been that great over the last, you know, 13, 14 years since the Great Recession. So I thought maybe this year might be the turnaround. We have the Fed raising rates. Everybody gets excited about banks when that happens. But this earnings for Q1 seemed pretty lackluster. And then even... Uh, the analyst response to it for, for the full year estimates on some of these companies. So I took a look at uh, JP Morgan because it's you know one of the top of the sure. big banks. JPM is that ticker. We have five estimates higher, three are lower since they reported, but they're only expected to make 1118 this year versus 1536 they made last year. So that's a decline of 22%. That's really not what I was expecting to see when I look at it, uh, but sure. that's one of the big banks. Then I did notice that there is a difference when you start going down to regional and community banks. 
but a couple big regionals that I like to follow PNC they have their they have the exact same it's probably the same analysts five higher third three lower since they reported um, but they're about expected to make about the same on earnings as they made last year and then I look at Wintrust which is WTFC it's a big Chicago bank and um, it's in my insider trader portfolio and uh, six are higher there none have lowered for 2022 and so those analysts a little more bullish maybe a little too conservative there but their earnings are expected to be about the same as 2021 as well so what what happened to that story about you know booming bank earnings as the fed raises or is that still to come so, so there's a whole bunch of stuff in there uh, tracy that that needs to be unpacked the, the, with respect to the big players the jp morgans of the world these as you know are essentially financial conglomerates these are yeah. huge brokers huge money managers and then huge community banks and uh, while while they are global entities they're a big chunk of their business uh, is still us but they still have exposure abroad europe in particular and then the outlook for europe has really come down because of the because of the ukraine war so accounting rules uh, and statutory requirements force these guys to take uh, charges and reserves uh, when they see something on the horizon uh, which may not be clear uh, which may not be expensed today uh, but they have to reserve for that and that's that's part of the normal uh, operations it's a, it's a direct hit to earnings uh, if you uh, if you make reserves for loan losses in the future many times uh, if if the situation turns out to be better than what was initially expected then those reserves come out and it's a boost to earnings and we saw that uh, last year for a lot of these banks too yeah so so the big guys in the core banking business uh, were held down by reserves, but on the whole, core banking business is healthy. Uh, margins are improving, uh, again, because of the interest rates rises. But the brokerage, the capital market side of the business was really down in Q1. Yeah, yeah. Last year was really blockbuster. Uh, whether it was for deals, uh, whether it's for M&A activities, the IPOs, trading yeah. activities, everything was off the charts. Uh, and now they are up against, uh, everything has dried up. Trading right. is still decent, but there are no IPOs. There aren't that many uh, M&A activities going on, notwithstanding uh, Elon Musk's Twitter purchase. Uh, right. Nobody else is doing that kind of stuff. So that's going on with, with, with the big guys. Uh, the regionals are in a, in, in a pretty good position. Uh, the economy is good. Their core businesses, uh, whether it's consumers or commercial, uh, it's, it's humming along. If there's any problem with them, uh, it's the concern and fear about the outlook. If the economy is heading into a recession, uh, as people are putting odds on for early 2023, then that's the limiting factor uh, with respect to the stock market performance and also with respect to estimates. Other than that, the core businesses for these smaller regional players 
is is healthy and strong. Good. And we'll we'll stick with the regionals and the communities on that. Sure. Okay, so let's switch over to energy, which we talked about at the start of the podcast. And I just want to say I have never seen an industry where in one quarter the revisions have been like this. Like it's it's pretty stunning when you just take a look at um, some of the EMPs, which will be the biggest beneficiaries of WTI over 100. But I took a look at Pioneer, for example, uh, Pioneer Natural Resources, ticker PXD. I own it in the value investor and in my own personal portfolio. And four are higher, one is lower in just the last week. They haven't reported earnings yet. They report on May 4th. So all these analysts are raising into these earnings reports, which is also somewhat unusual. Uh, but full year now expected to make $31 versus just $22 90 days ago. So up almost $10. That's right. Um, yeah. So that's pretty stunning. They only made $13.26 last year. So that is also incredible about what is expected for the quarter. It's up big there as well. Not surprising. Six or higher. One is lower as they're, you know, they, they know they're behind on, on some of these estimates. But Pioneer, you know, it's dirt cheap right now because these earnings are surging. But I also took a look at um, one of the other big EMPs, Occidental. A lot of people are kind of following that one since Warren Buffett added to his position in it a couple weeks ago. Ticker OXY is that ticker. Um, three or higher, one is lower in seven days, so similar to Pioneer, but over the last 90 days now for the full year, expected to make 920 versus $3.56 just 90 days ago, and they only made $2.55 last year. So that's incredible. They report on May 10th for anyone interested, so this is all just bullish ahead of these reports. And then I did take a look at Big Oil because they're going to be reporting on April 29th. So if you're listening to this podcast in May, they've already reported. Go check out what they did. But Chevron, ticker CVX, and ExxonMobil, XOM, they have similar. The analysts uh, just upgraded or, or whatever they were doing on both names. So two are higher, one are lower for both in the last week. But Chevron, again, similar huge gains in earnings for the full year 1683 versus 1047 just in the last three months and they only made eight dollars and 13 cents last year exxon not quite as dramatic but 984 versus 648 in the last three months but they made 538 last year so some of these for big oil even are seeing a doubling year over year so what does it look like just even for the entire industry is it it's got to be just insane right it's totally off the charts tracy yeah. in fact uh as i as i touched on earlier uh, it's after a long time that energy by itself is moving the needle uh, for aggregate earnings for the s p 500 in fact if we look at what's happening to estimates in the aggregate for 2022 they are uh, modestly up since the beginning of the year. And practically all of that increase is a result of what's happening to energy sector estimates. To give you one example, in the aggregate, 
at the beginning of the year, the Zach's energy sector was expected to earn $84.5 billion in 2022. As of today, that number has increased to $172.4 billion. Wow. So it's, <laughs> it's totally off the charts. And it is, it is this, uh, this momentum in energy sector estimates that is camouflaging a whole bunch of cross currents at the sector levels elsewhere. In fact, outside of energy, there's just a couple of other sectors that has positive estimate revisions. Uh, construction is one, autos is another, medical a little bit, uh, but those are modest positive revisions. Practically every other sector is to varying degrees experiencing negative estimate revisions. So energy is totally off the charts. And as you, uh, as you know, I used to cover the space uh, back, in, uh, back in another incarnation. And 2008 was the blockbuster year uh, for the space back then, which was right. an all-time record. Uh, yeah. We are comfortably overtaking it, and 2022 is turning out to be a, uh, an all-time record. Uh, in terms of earnings and cash flows and free cash flow, uh, the sector is practically flush. Uh, and these stocks have run up. Uh, yeah. And I just can't help uh, commenting on the stock prices. The, uh, if we dodge a recession, then all of these stocks represent values. The PXDs, the Devon, the EOGs, the Occidentals, uh, even stodgy uh, Exxon. Um, so that's the big bet that all of us have to make because estimates for 2023 and 2024 have plenty of room to go, right. uh, assuming the economy is able to dodge a major downturn. Okay, wow. Well, that was certainly bullish, and it's good to know that there's something bullish going on in this kind of way uh, this earnings season. So. I'm going to be keeping a watch on all of those energy reports as they come in, and we'll see what else happens this earnings season. So let me recap the tickers again that we talked about. Uh, we had Wintrust Financial, WTFC, PNC Financial, PNC, JP Morgan Chase, JPM. We talked about Pioneer Natural Resources, PXD, and Occidental Petroleum, OXY. And then there was Chevron, CBX, and ExxonMobil, XOM. And as always, you want to be sure to subscribe so you get all of our podcasts. And make sure you're getting the Value Investor podcast, too. A lot is going on there, and I do that one weekly as well. So you can get either one on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can get both the shows on SoundCloud. But be sure to get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. 
No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.